This episode is brought to you by North Texas Honda Dealers. North Texas, they're here to help. He has time, launches it to the end zone. Touchdown, Terrence Williams. Whoa, goes to the right side for Crabtree. It's caught. Oh, he played. Oh, he's the Hello and welcome to the only podcast for every non-FBS team in Texas. It's playoff time. We're going to break down each bracket and have previews and picks for all three Texas non-FBS playoff games this week. And we're going to have picks for every FCS regular season game that is the final week of the season for FCS or the regular season. So we're going to give you a little preview of who might get in the playoffs. I am Corey Hogue, the non-FBS insider for Dave Campbell's Texas Football. Find me on your favorite social media channels at Corey Hogue Sports. That's C-O-R-Y-H-O-G-U-E Sports, all one word. You can always find my work at TexasFootball.com. Joining me is Riley Zayas. He is one of the foremost experts in Division Three athletics, and you can find him on social media at Z-A-Y-A-S-R-I-L-E-Y. That's Zayas Riley, all one word. Also, you may know him more from his work at truetothecrew.com, where he brings you everything regarding Mary Harden Baylor athletics. Check out his work at truetothecrew.com and also find his, his pages on the social media channels at True to the Crew. All one word. Give it a follow. Riley? We are no longer going to talk about playoff possibilities because the playoffs are here, my man. They are here, and and they are here in full force because we got some really, really good matchups on tap. You know, at the end of the day, you know, there's a lot of teams that are playing, you know, with with their seasons on the line, right, this week. I mean, this is the time of year that, that we love. You know, you cover the regular season and you talk about these playoff possibilities and scenarios and different things. And then you finally get to this point and, and now we're in, we're in, you know, the postseason and, and these teams, you know, in division two and division three are ready to, to start their quest for a national title this week. And so it's, it's a great time of the year. And of course, in FCS, uh, there's a lot to talk about there too, with it, you know, being the final week of the regular season, as you mentioned. Yeah. We'll get to that here in just a minute. Going to start with division two. And the playoff bracket, when it came out, we we knew. We knew what was going to happen. It was going to be one Lone Star Conference team this year. But I will say, if you guys didn't, if you didn't see, you didn't notice the columns, haven't checked out Texas football, UTPB won the program's first outright Lone Star Conference championship. It's their first title in program history. And they're hosting a playoff game for the first time. And I put out uh, today, we're recording this on a Wednesday afternoon. I put out today that there's four locations in Permian and in Midland and Odessa where tomorrow night they're giving away tickets. Oh, Kent Quick, he's got four locations uh, that they have in the Midland, two in Odessa, two in Midland. Go on to my social media at Corey Hoag Sports, all one word. You can find it there. And they're giving away 500 tickets. The players are pumping gas and giving away tickets for a Thursday night from 5 to 7 p.m. 
And, and I, I said then, Riley, I can't think of a better way to uh, to be a, to watch history. Can't think of a better price anyway, right? Free is a pretty <laughs> darn good price. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, this is a this is a great opportunity, right? We talk about you know increasing engagement and attendance and all these things at the smaller college levels, and this is a fantastic way to do it. You love to see the community. Uh, getting involved, right? And just um, this is, you know, what, when playoff time rolls around, you start to see not only the programs themselves, but the, the communities around these schools start to kind of really rally around them uh, and, and support them, you know, a little more maybe because they, they know what's on the line. They know what playoffs mean. And, uh, yeah, this is going to be a big deal. You know, UTPV coming in with a lot of momentum. Uh, this is a huge, huge opportunity for them to really make a statement this weekend. Yeah, and you know what? Good job by by uh, Kent Companies and, and Kent Quick and to get those tickets and and I love seeing the corporate involvement and the corporate working. Like this, this is it, this isn't just the corporate buying the tickets and handing them out, Riley. What I really like is they're incorporating the players into this. So now you've got the players, the corporation, the community. They're all together, and that's how things are going to grow. Now. How many more games will UTPB have? That could be a different story. First up this week, they have to beat Bemidji State. And it, look, once you get in the playoffs at any level, but uh, you know, especially at these D2, D3 levels, the games, well, at all the non-FBS levels, these games are, are tight. There's no easy, easy wins in these games. Uh, you've got seven top seven teams in Super Region 4, and when I look at that bracket, Riley, what really struck me about it is that if UTPB comes out with a victory this week, they know they're either going to play at home or on the road, and they also know it's going to be a rematch because right above them is Western Colorado and Central Washington. So that's, you know, I, I'm not sure how that plays in, if that is an advantage for UTPB. And it's interesting, too. I'm interested in your thoughts on this because they lost to Western Colorado, but then they beat Central Washington last week. I'm curious if you think that there would be any sort of uh, advantages for them if they do win this week. Yeah, I mean, in some respects, Corey, I think you're, you're put in a situation when you're playing a familiar opponent like that. You know, uh, Central Washington, who they played much more recently – that may even be a little bit more of an advantage for them if they had to play them again. And because, you know, Central Washington probably won't be all that much changed, right, from the last time they played them. So there's a little bit more of a familiarity there. Whereas, you know, Western Colorado, that, that was a, a matchup a little while back. And both these teams, I would say, from just watching them uh, look a little bit different, you know, and, and they've improved and they've, you know, gone through their ups and downs over the course of the year. That may look like a very different matchup if we get that, you know, in the second round. It could be two teams that don't look all that much like they did when they played earlier on the season. Now, it's the same players out there, right? And so they know each other's strengths and weaknesses in a way, uh, but they're also going to be on a spot where it may look like a different opponent than what they saw several weeks ago because it was several months back. So, yeah, it is an interesting uh, dynamic there that would be cool to follow, especially for UTBB. Uh, and maybe what they could do, you know, because in some ways that familiarity, whether you played them early or late, uh, will will be an advantage and, and could be for both teams, obviously. Yeah, look, that was week two. Uh, and that was at Western Colorado. Nothing will be new or, or a surprise 
to UTPB, but they, they first, they have to handle their business this week. And then if you look down the road, I think this region was, was seated about how I expected with mines being at the top. And uh, so the path is going to be hard. It's going to be a lot of road games for the Falcons. Meanwhile, division three came out with their bracket Sunday, an hour after division two released theirs. And as always, guys, look, geography, it hurts us in this case. Being in Texas hurts us. You're going to have what we like to refer to as a Texas pod. That's just how this works. When you've got two teams from Texas, you're going to get a Texas pod. And we did again. So Harden Simmons travels to play Trinity noon Saturday in San Antonio. And... We'll get into that game in a little bit, Riley. But I want to hear first your perspective because you really know the D3 inside and out. I know <laughs> I know the winner automatically gets the reigning national champions. What does the bracket look like overall, and what are their possibilities of maybe making a long run through this? Right, yeah. So, and in all due respect to North, uh, to to Bellhaven, I should say, who has to play North Central, the reigning national champions. You don't want to count them out right now, but yeah, certainly North Central put there in that quadrant, uh, right along there with with Hartnessons and Trinity. And here's the thing, Corey, that that is pretty interesting. North Central is, you know, there's no seeding in, in Division Three, but we have a good idea of who the top seeds are, right? And, and in this case, it was UW Lacrosse who Harden Simmons actually beat um, oh. earlier on this season. And so, you know, in that respect, you go back to the familiarity. If that were to happen, it would be a long way down there. Harden Simmons would get a familiar opponent late in the playoffs. Now, taking a step back, though, North Central, the reigning national champions, that does not happen very often to see them seeded. What, what would be considered like the number two seed, right, in, in that quadrant? North Central took it as a lot of disrespect to them from the national committee, Although, you know, their, their strength of schedule and those things weren't quite up there with UW lacrosse. So you can see that where the where the numbers played out, but at the same time, it creates a less than favorable matchup for the winner of this Harden simmons Trinity game. And it could be, you know, say, you know, whoever whoever wins in this Texas, you know, kind of matchup playing North Central, that's a matchup you'd expect to see later on, right? And and not in the second round. So there was a lot of hard feelings about that when the bracket came out on Sunday. Uh, people feeling like maybe they should have put North Central in another part of the bracket because North Central, as the reigning national champions, tend to deserve um, that top seed. But in terms of, of the way it would look for Harden Simmons or Trinity to make that deep run, it's going to run through North Central first, and it's going to run through several good teams after that, most likely lacrosse right there at the end. Uh, and again, you never know how these things are going to play out past a couple of weeks, but uh, for Trinity and Harden Simmons, it's got to start week one. I mean, or start, you know, this this weekend because they're playing what could be one of the most competitive playoff matchups we're going to see in the first round. These two teams are so evenly matched. They both have some really solid wins. They played tough teams. They played them on the road. They played them at home. So they're experienced. Uh, a lot of veterans on both sides of the ball. It's, it's really a 50-50 matchup. I know we're getting to that in our picks, Corey, but uh, this, you know, looking at the bracket as a whole, that Harden-Simmons-Trinity matchup is going to be a huge test for both teams. And, and obviously, yeah, North Central to follow likely won't make it any easier. 
Yeah, look, it, it's going to be a hard road. That that much we know now. But I will say, too, though, first off, to the reigning defending national champions, <laughs> your seeding is not based on what you did last year. It's based on what you do this year. Get off your soapbox. You're not entitled to anything just because you held up a trophy last year. It does not say 2023. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. Now, for the Texas teams, whoever wins this week, because see, North Central is going to go and they got Bellhaven at home and kind of know how that's likely to go, right? But then they got that anger out. Now they've got a team coming in who, by the way, these teams are good. Harden, Simmons, and Trinity are good teams. And whoever comes out on top is is a road team as well. They've played some tough teams, two of the toughest in the country on the road. They've played them this year. Harden Simmons has a win. Trinity felt they could have and should have and, and had every chance to win. None of them are going to go into North Central caring that you that they won the national title last year. They're going in looking for and so they'll I think they have a shot. Now, at that point. It, it becomes anyone's game, you know. I mean, look, and even beating North Central, it's gonna it, you're gonna have to play your absolute uh, best. These teams are really good, yeah. but I, I give them. I mean, I give them a shot of, oh, yeah, of getting sure. there. I think, uh, and I especially think that week two. Uh, watch out! I'm I'm gonna tell you that uh, whoever wins. The Texas one, they're going to beat North. The, the national champs are going down. We <laughs> Round two, whoever it is, whichever team it is, they're already my pick just because I think that's what's going to happen. Yeah, we'll, we'll certainly see. I mean, this is going to be a, a tough, tough quadrant that they're in, uh, these Texas teams, Harden, Simmons, and Trinity. So a lot to be excited about. If you are looking for some great football this weekend, I mean, get down to San Antonio because Harden, Simmons, and Trinity, these are two teams. They're battle-tested, as you said, Corey. And uh, they got so much senior talent, uh, fifth-year seniors. It, you know, they're, they're experienced. They've been in this situation before. They played last year in the first round of the playoffs. They know each other well. There's a lot on the line here and a lot of dynamics that are playing into all of this uh, when it comes to, to this first weekend of the D3 playoffs. Yeah, they have, I believe, 21, 23, somewhere around in there, super yep. seniors. So they definitely have the experience. Uh, it's also important to note, this is something we had talked about earlier in the season, how UMHB did not have the super seniors this year. But the two teams that are meeting in the playoffs from Texas do. Harden Simmons doesn't have a ton of them, but they have some. Not near as many as Trendy, but they do have some, including their quarterback been a big difference maker this year for them and i think that that does matter so we'll see next year maybe a little more of that parity or maybe more of what we're used to coming back we'll see it's going to be interesting all right well that was division three nai came out with their bracket and we knew what was going to happen yep guys if there is right now, this is this is a a team, a program that has to feel so snake bit. If there's a way something can happen at a really bad time and that ends up costing them a win and a playoff spot, it seems to happen to Texas Wesleyan. 
And I don't know any other way to describe this than a heartbreaker. You know, Garrett Blodgett kicked a 64-yard field goal. They go into halftime up 17-7, to scoring all 17 in the second quarter. Then they're up 24 to 10, 10 minutes to go in the third quarter. And, and everything turned one quarter later. That was the only score. Rams had the only score in the third quarter. Fourth quarter opens with Nate Sullivan returning a blocked punt 40 yards for a touchdown. And if you remember Tex West's only other loss this year, Unfortunately, I was at that one. That was at home against St. Thomas, and it also turned on special teams and in a block punt, if I remember correctly. It's this is a this is the thing. It has been and what is bit the Rams is special teams, and yet they've got a good special teams unit. Once that punt was blocked and returned for a touchdown, LCU ran off the the final 17 points of the game to win 34, 24. It's Riley. I know, I know it's hard. I don't know at this point, it almost feels like how the Texas Rangers fans were right. We go in the world series this year, like, like yep. Cubs fans were a yep. few years ago. Like you just, now you're just going to expect something bad to happen. Right. And, and it's a, such a tough, tough thing to lose a game in that way, right, Corey? I mean, you're watching this play out and you're looking at it and you're, you see them leading, you know, well into the second half, right? And by a significant margin, and you got to think that whether whether it be the team itself or, or even just the fans there, you know, the supporters of the team have to be thinking, okay, this is it. You know, this is – we're going to the playoffs – and all of a sudden, you know, we talk about these momentum plays so often, and, and a momentum play happens there, and everything switches, as you just described. And, you know, all of a sudden, it's like they couldn't stop them, you know, and, 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 and everything unraveled in, in that moment. And, you know, such a disappointing way for the season to end. Uh, you know, those are the kind of games that will make or break a season, right, especially, you know, when, when you're – playing and, and Nivern's gonna get into the playoffs right you play in a good league it just makes a difficult difficult deal to end that way I mean your season literally comes down to the fourth quarter you're leading by a significant amount and and just you know you, you lose the momentum and and, and everything kind of turns on a dime and um, yeah got it got a feel for that program right now because I'll tell you what watching them just through live stream several times this year they had a ton of talent, a ton of talent, <laughs> yeah. and uh, they were beating some people in the playoffs for sure. Oh, yeah. No, they're, they're definitely good. They're definitely very talented. But also want to say congratulations to the Wildcats, uh, you know, scoring, taking advantage of that momentum. It's one thing to get it. It's another thing to then take advantage of it, and they did. Right. They scored 24 straight in the fourth quarter to close it out, and this was a Louisiana Christian school that was in the ASC a few years ago, and – going through coaches, it seemed like every couple of years, really credit to them to say, hey, we need to go to NAIA again and then just come in and develop a team and a program, and they're now back 9-1, and one, and they're in the playoffs. Yeah, they've really turned that thing around. It's interesting. You know, obviously, they're a Louisiana school, not Texas school, but we saw them pretty often uh, as they played against, you know, all, all the Texas schools in the ASC, and 
I mean, they were routinely kind of that team at the bottom of the league, right? And you'd expect, you know, 80 to 7 and, you know, 77 to, to 14 kind of victories for their opponents. And yet now they get into NAIA and, and all of a sudden, you know, they're, they're able to, you know, make this, make this run and, and get into the playoffs. So, yeah, a lot of credit to them and, and their programs, you know, shows that, that sometimes, you know, there's a fit for everybody. There's a fit for every school. And they found that in NAIA. Well, and, and you know what, Texas West will be back. Uh, right. I know it's I know it's a, a gut punch for Coach Joe Prudhomme and staff, but that they will rebound and, and they probably already have, and they're getting ready uh, for next year right now, and they'll just use this uh, to motivate them a little further again and come out next year. But we have nine games again this week, Riley. We're back down to the magic number of nine. And the picks have gotten closer. But before we get into that, I want to let everyone know that we are a podcast on the Republic of Football Network and an extension of Dave Campbell's Texas Football. Please like and subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Spotify, Megaphone, whatever platform you find us on, please subscribe and like the podcast. The more you like, share, subscribe, and follow us, the more we're going to grow. And we grow because of you, and we want to say thank you to each and every one of our listeners. Okay, Riley, I don't appreciate you having a really good week in the picks. <laughs> All right, I just I don't appreciate what you've done the last two weeks, and I'm going to need you to change course here. We got nine games, and, and the games are about to really slim down uh, next week. You went 12-4 and four last I week. I am impressed. 63 and 45 on the year now. That sounds better, don't it? <laughs> it does. It does. But I'm still trailing you. So I, I got to find a way to make up that make up that game of difference. Well, not by much. I went 11 and 5, which, hey, I'll take 11 and 5. 64 and 44 on the year. That is a one game lead with nine games on tap for this week. Boy. Some of these games just get more intriguing yesterday and won't be a story about it. So if you're listening to the podcast, you're going to, you're going to find out some inside information. Anywho, first game, NCAA division two playoffs taking place at a sound broadband stadium in Midland, Texas. Permian Basin Falcons are hosting Bemidji state. And I got to tell you, Riley, we have seen – I've seen UTPB, UTPB in person twice. I have not watched Bemidji at all. But I, I know one thing that I believe in with this team right now, especially in the first round of the playoffs, and that's the leadership group that the Falcons have. And uh, I'm taking Kenny Hernser. I'm taking Hayden Kelly, and if you want to see a really good story about the connection between them and head coach Chris McCullough and and how they're going to stay on staff, they're becoming his GAs. It's a great story that I had the privilege to to write after they they thankfully told me. Go check that out at texasfootball.com and, and definitely click up on the college section, go to news, and you, you can find all our written stuff. Uh, right there but Riley it's because of those guys that leadership they have it's different and and I know the head coach is 28 does not matter man he is not 28 the way he coaches he he's been coaching for 10 years this is a very experienced Chris McCullough 
Uh, and, and he may not be around the basin area for long if you read my uh, subscriber-only column from, from yesterday. And if you haven't, please go check that out also at texasfootball.com. But again, Riley, man, I'm taking the Falcons. They're at home. It's going to be a big crowd, and I think the weather's going to be okay for it. So I, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing the Falcons just just soar on Saturday. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I you know I totally agree with you on that, and I'll cut to the chase and just say yeah, I'm picking UTPB as well. I mean, um, you know th- this this place is going to be rocking, right? They're going to have a big crowd, as you just mentioned. You know the win over over uh, you know last week. I just it, it really said a lot. I think about this program, right? I mean, they they go out and they never take their foot off off the gas pedal. They they just keep pushing and uh, and to win by that margin and do what they've done. You know, you talk about bringing in guys who are experienced, right? You have a head coach who who came down and and really brought some guys with him, and I think that's the key in these programs with you know, head coaches in their first year with that program finding successes, they have experienced guys there. They're not rebuilding. They're, they're just kind of revamping, and they're bringing in some new guys to fill some of these key roles. We've seen that with UTPB as well. Um, they're going to have some success, and they're going to get the win on, on Saturday. One of the things we're going to kind of uh, start diving into probably as a full college staff during the offseason is how the transfer portal is changing high school recruiting i talked to an fcs coach recently told me they're only going to sign 10 high school players everyone else will be transfers people are really that transfer portal it's going to become just about equivalent i mean you're going to see 10 10 each side 10 15 each side every year now which i'm you know it's the way it is and we're just going to need to live with it until they change the rules right and I I don't disagree with it either, by the way. If a player wants to play and they're not getting it there or a situation isn't working, they want to move, that's fine. I'm good personally with one free transfer. And then after that, you have to sit out a year. I think that's the most fair way because thinking an 18-year-old kid should just know where they need to be the best right. is crazy to me. So that's my reasoning. I'm not – all new age about it of just free agency right like i right. i still do respect the traditions of it but i think one free one uh is and i have heard from coaches who say no to that as well <laughs> and i get it look i understand right um another thing about utpb you were talking about the game last week and i asked hayden kelly afterwards what was said at halftime because the first quarter the, they went up 14 nothing second quarter a lot of turnovers, a lot of penalties, a lot of mistakes, and they were tied. And I said, what was the message at halftime? He goes, just stop beating ourselves. And he mentioned every single thing. He goes, all the turnovers and then defensive penalties, defensive offsides that kept drives alive more than one time in the second quarter, right? None of that the second half. He said, we knew we were better at halftime. We were beating ourselves. And that just shows you how – how good this team is, how they're able to recognize that. And uh, that's why we're on that board this weekend. We're, we're, uh, we're riding the Falcon train into the second round. That's what we're doing. It trains. That's what we're on this week, Riley trains. All right. (laughs) Speaking of trains, we're going to jump on one and go down to San Antonio where Harden Simmons and Trinity meet in the division three playoffs. I mean, this is a clash of Titans. 
an absolute clash of titans. I don't head coaches, players, there's storylines all over the place. So many super seniors. It could go either way. But here's my concern. Harden Simmons on the road. Yes, they beat lacrosse. But recently it's been I mean, they, they, they performed well at ETBU, but that was an ETBU team that knew it was about time to go play golf. Get ready for that offseason. Because, you know, college kids are just like the pros. But Trinity, they've got those super seniors. They've got the playoff experience. I know these two teams met last year, but Trinity has just has what I think they're going to need to start what could be a very magical run, and I do believe will be at least two rounds deep. I, I'm picking, I'm picking the Tigers this week, Riley, and I'm going ahead and picking the Tigers next week. How about that? How about that? I, you know, I, I really think uh, Trinity as well. You know, and 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 kind of along the same lines there. I mean, this is. This is a game that I think will come down to the wire. Just, you know, there's so much experience on both sides. These head coaches are are experienced. There's a lot of pride with, with both programs in terms of, you know, the passion they have and, and the, you know, the, the tradition of, of making the playoffs is, is certainly something that both have kind of, you know, in a lot of ways, both, neither program made the playoffs for, for quite some time, right? And in the last few years, now we started to see Trinity kind of emerge. And now Harden Simmons this year, obviously, and, the last couple of years, Harden Simmons feels like they're on the cusp of a playoff win. But to me, Trinity in this position where they're at right now, I think they have the edge, right? And, and defensively, I think this is going to be a defensive battle. I mean, there's just there's a lot of talent on the defensive side of the ball for both teams. The linebackers, you know, Caleb Harwell for for Trinity and uh, you know Matt Mitchell for Harden Simmons. Those are going to be guys to watch. There's going to be a lot of plays made defensively. I, I would guess some turnovers created for, for both teams. Um, but but give me Trinity edging Harden Simmons out in this one. I cannot wait. I will be there Saturday at noon in San Antonio. I will be there well before noon in San Antonio. I am very excited about this game. So if you if you have any desire to meet me, Feel free to come up, call my name, holler out. Usually I respond to Corey most of the time. Okay, so uh, sometimes my wife calls me other names I'll respond to, but we don't need to go into that here. Plus, that would be vulgar, right? (laughs) Yes. My wife, the sweetheart, saying vulgar things. Sure. All right, Riley, we're going to move on. We're both on the Trinity train, and now we head to Kilgore, where Navarro meets Kilgore. This is – you talk about an interesting matchup. This title game for the SWJC FC is going to be fantastic at three o'clock. Uh, it's at St. John's Stadium there in Kilgore. It Navarro pulled off a big thirty to twenty nine win last week over Trinity Valley on the road, and they're playing really, really well. So is Kilgore, and Kilgore is at home, and they've got a team that I'm telling you, this is a team that can challenge and win the national title this year. I believe in the Rangers that much because that belief and they're at home, I'm taking the Rangers. 
I'm also on Kilgore. I, you know, this is an interesting thing though, Corey. When when you look and when I was kind of watching these games play out on Saturday, um, I didn't expect Kilgore to, to to have this game and have to win in overtime against against Nimi, right? I mean, uh, that that was a classic right there. That's, yeah. that's high level playoffs. That's what we talked about all year. Uh, there's good teams throughout throughout that conference. That said, I, I think Kilgore is battle-tested. They've been several of those types of games. I think this could be another one of those types of games. Um, just a game that comes down to the fourth quarter, right? You need to score late. You need something, you know, a turnover. Whatever it might be to, to give yourself the win, I think Kilgore's in that position. They've been here before, and they're going to get the victory in, in a tight battle on Saturday. I'll give you a stat that anyone could figure out. Those two semifinal games – were won by an average of 1.5 points. That's insane, right? Yeah. <laughs> and, and if I said three points, you're like, oh. If I say an average of 1.5, it really shows you how close these games were. They were that close. It's going to be fun. All right, to the FCS we go. We're going to kind of move through these with a little more swiftness. UIW at Houston Christian. Big stakes this weekend for the Cardinals. They have to win to have a chance for an at-large bid in the FCS playoffs. And honestly, I think if they win, they are in. I believe with where they're at in the polls, I think they're in. I'm not here to debate whether they should be in. I'm here telling you that I think they will be in. Playing a Houston Christian team that very dangerous. Braxton Harris is outstanding. He has totally changed the mentality of this team in year one. I've got a feature coming out on Jalex Hunt. And it's got a lot to do with Houston Christian. And, and it's a very interesting feature that'll be up on Texas football. I'm finishing it up now. So look for it up late Wednesday, Thursday, most likely. And I, I mean, they've given teams problems, but UIW has got two weeks. I'm just going to go ahead and tell you how it is now. UIW has got two weeks. Houston Christian, yes, they're at home, but they. They don't have the depth is what they have shown me this season to compete with the Nichols, the UIWs, and the Lamars right now. And so I'm going to take UIW in the win this week. Yeah, the only thing, you know, with, with UIW, you mentioned Corey. I mean, they've had two weeks to prepare for this. You know, I think you can see that two ways, right? I mean, in, in some respects, they've had more time to prepare. In other respects, it could be could yield a little bit of a slower start, right, in, in some ways. That said, UIW has the experience on both sides of the ball. They're not going to let a slow start hold them back for very long, if that even happens. Um, I think UIW is going to get the win here. Houston Christian's put outstanding. I think Houston Christian will certainly challenge them, but I think UIW knows what's on the line. They're, they're going to make sure that they come away with a victory uh, on Saturday in a, in a pretty meaningful game for both teams. Uh, it, this is going to be one for people to pay attention to because I think this could end up being a game deciding the second half down there in Houston. <laughs> Let me tell you, that's an angry UIW team. Yep. They've had two weeks to stew on that game that lost to Nichols. They're coming in angry. It's going to be fun. This next one, Riley, you probably go, really? You put that on there? Oh, yeah. Now I did. After last Saturday, Abilene Christian is at Texas A&M. And I, I look, Coach, Coach Patterson, 
I'm not saying this is going to happen to you, but I'm going to say when Texas A&M played Mississippi State last week, that ended in a big win for the Aggies and both coaches fired. That's not something you see all the time. All right? That don't happen every day. A&M with an interim coach. I'm sorry, ACU. Seriously. Well, I'm going to tell you, I'll be honest with you, there was a chance. If Jimbo's still the head coach, I see a way you beat AM. Not now. No, man. This, this could get ugly on Saturday. Just uh, hopefully you come out healthy and get back to Abilene and start getting ready to make a playoff run next year. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, we don't, we don't pick very many of these FCS, FBS games. I think we picked one other one back. Really, really early. UIW on. UTEP. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, listen, in this case, I mean, I think, uh, yeah, I think that it's definitely there's a lot of interest around this matchup because of, of A&M's recent coaching situation. Um, I think the Aggies pulled this win out. I mean, they're at home. Uh, they're they're going to get the victory. But, you know, at the end of the day, I mean, the question for me is going to be the margin of victory. I mean, is this a game that – ACU challenges them a little bit and puts them on a little bit of an upset alert, or, or do we see AM pull away right from the beginning? It'll be interesting, but uh, Texas AM is, is my pick. Oh, good Lord. If the Wildcats at halftime are within three points, I am going to be just enjoying Aggie social media, Aggie boards. It's going to be the greatest. So please, ACU. I know it's, I'm not saying you got to win, but if you can keep it close for a half, this is going to be one. It's going to be great. Like come Sunday, I'm just going to read this and I'm just going to give that evil laugh. Like <laughs> you Aggies, right? Cause who doesn't love when Aggie or Longhorn social media just goes haywire. Cause those fans will do it at the drop of a, of a hat. So it's just fun to watch from my point of view. So please ACU give us a, a close game at halftime. That would be great. Heading close. To the College Station area there, we're going to uh, Prairie View, where Prairie View A&M is hosting Alabama State. And this is a Prairie View A&M team that's playing pretty darn good ball here lately, Riley. And I don't see it ending this week, man. I'm taking the Panthers. Yep. Uh, Prairie View is, is my pick as well. You know, last week they, they pulled off the big win on the road, and um, I was glad, glad you know, I picked them there and, and kind of hinged my, you know, uh, my confidence on them, you know, listen, this is a team that's improved a lot. When they started the season, there was certainly some big question marks when we saw some of these early results just from them. It didn't quite look as polished as we expected they might be. Uh, but at this point, they're, they're, they're hitting, you know, peak form here at the perfect time of the year. Uh, they're, they're in a good spot to, to pull off this win. You know, I think, I think, I think the offense is there for Prairie View. I don't think that the offense is there for Alabama State. Uh, Prairie View is going to be my pick. That takes us out to Eastern Kentucky, where Stephen F. Austin travels out there, and this has been not good for the Lumberjacks. A lot of injuries have piled up. I think we're starting to see, honestly, Riley, I'm, I'm not trying to make excuses here, but I do want to remind people that two years ago, it wasn't just the entire defensive staff that departed for Louisiana Tech. It was most every good defensive player also <laughs> departed in the depth. I know he's had Colby Colby Carthel's had some quality recruiting classes, but the depth is just not there yet. It takes a lot longer to build that quality depth. 
they don't have it. It's showing this season. It's going to show again Saturday at Eastern Kentucky. Yeah. Uh, I mean, some of, some of those losses, some of those close losses they've had, I think the depth has been shown there. They, they struggled down the stretch a little bit. And, uh, yeah, you know, I, I think Eastern Kentucky is going to gonna pull off the win here. Just a tough, tough go for, for SFA. I mean, they, they, they're a team that they just seemed like they were close on a lot of games and just couldn't quite get it done. I think the depth is a, is a big part of that. Yeah, I'm with you. We're in agreement there. We've been in agreement on all of them, Riley. With this, this could this go with a one game, just generic one game, and all the way to the next playoffs, like next round of the playoffs? Because <laughs> there could be as few as two games next week. Man. That's what we could be down to. This, this is this, this is getting intriguing because you're going to find out why here in just a moment. <laughs> Arkansas Pine Bluff. Traveling over to Houston. We went from College Station to Prairie View to Houston. We're right there. Right in a little bitty triangle area of Houston now, of, of Texas down there, right? Going into Houston, Texas Southern, hosting Arkansas Pine Bluff. There are rumors, Riley, of a and there were rumors put out on social media. Unsubstantiated of Clarence McKinney, his contract not being renewed when it ends at the end of this season. That report was quickly refuted by the athletic director at Texas Southern. And my sources have confirmed that there have been no conversations between the administration and Coach McKinney. They indicate there's been nothing between them on this situation. But I've also heard from really good sources that some players have been told that a change will happen. We don't know. Here's what I do know. Texas Southern beat Alcorn last week 44-10 to 10 at home. And now you're telling me that these players who were all recruited by McKinney, they turned this program around right do you i remember how bad they were a few years ago it was bad we're talking bottom of texas you were down at the very bottom of this state and of fcs it was that bad and you're not anymore the fact you've made that climb should be respected. Your starting quarterback got injured. He, he's been injured all year. He's he's out for the rest of the season. And you're still beating Alcorn 44 to 10. The, the team that was at the leading the division, you're beating them by 34 points. What more are you looking for from this staff right now? So here's what I think is going to happen, Riley. I don't know. Pay attention. TexasFootball.com, Corey Hoag Sports, all one word on the social media channels. And you'll know when I know and find out what is happening. Hopefully it's a contract renewal for McKinney. But I think that whole situation, there's no way he's going he's gonna to walk out having blown out Alcorn, and he's going to walk out having blown out Pine Bluff. Good luck, Golden Lions. The Tigers are going to be angry, and they are going to score and score a bunch. 
Yeah, I mean, Texas Southern, far and away, the better team, in my opinion. Just just looking at what they've done, the body of work. Uh, yeah, I, I just they, they have so many playmakers offensively. You know, number one uh, run offense in the in the in the league. UAPB has been very very bad against the run throughout this year. Texas Southern is, is going to get the win here. Yes, and uh, there you heard my spiel. Uh, on the outside view of what I see happening at Texas Southern. And I do want to specify that's a very outside view, right? I don't have inside views. I, I don't, I'm not a beat reporter. So <laughs> I only look at big picture stuff. Final game of the week, McNeese at Lamar. Man, Riley, the Cardinals have been very good this year. Peter Rossamondo has done an amazing job. Has them, I mean, they could finish second, tied for second in the Southland first season. That's pretty darn good. By the way, so could Houston Christian if things, like, there could be a three-way tie for second. Lamar, Lamar's right there, right there. They could be second, third. That's really good. And, yeah, the Cowboys – Man, they've been up at times, just not for a whole game yet. So I'm going Cardinals on this one. Yeah, Corey, I think we're going to just end up, you know, picking all the same games this week and keeping it not very interesting. Uh, you know, <laughs> when I went through the list and, you know what, Lamar is my pick. You know, it's funny, I, I normally pick all road teams or, you know, I've kind of gotten that that trend going. And you know, I don't think I have a single road team pick this week. Um, it's it's all the home teams and that's just kind of the way it played out. But But, you know, the thing is, Lamar has improved a lot, and they've done a really good job of making those game-to-game adjustments. They've contended with some of the top teams in the league. McNeese is, is, just hasn't been there, right? As you said, they've, they've taken some leads. They just haven't been able to hold them. Uh, they're not a great second-half team, in my opinion. I think Lamar gets this win. Yeah, Lamar, Lamar should win that one. Now, we both are on one road team, UIW at Houston Christian. I'll give the opportunity to change that if you'd like to take all home teams this week. No? Well, let's, let's, uh, let's, let's keep it where we've got it. I, I, <laughs> otherwise, I'll overthink it because I can it, totally see a situation where HCU pulls off an upset. I, look, I, I can see that situation as well, but I'm not going to change my pick. <laughs> <laughs> I've got the one-game lead. I have that. I have that ability in that case, but yeah, no, we are on eight home teams this week. So uh, very interesting. See how this plays out and Wildcats, please keep it close. (laughs) Right. I just want to see, I just want to, I want to go back on Sunday. I want to sit down. I'm going to be tired. I want to look at my phone and go on to their, (laughs) to their fan pages and, just read the things they have to say when they, if it's close at halftime. Well, listen, I mean, that's why they play the games, right? I mean, you, you never want to count a team out and you never know. I mean, we, we've seen, we've seen some upsets happen in college station before. I'm just saying. Look, a lot of times, and I think the only reason why I, I think Abilene could hang close. Uh, the only reason I don't think they will is because typically a coach change galvanizes a roster, but sometimes it doesn't. And so we might we might see that. I'm just going with what typically happens over what the sometimes does this week. I I have that one point lead, Riley. I don't have to take a chance. <laughs> we'll see, Corey. It'll be interesting. I mean, we get we're getting down into 
to a time where we may not have a ton of games to pick, as you said. So this this will be an interesting race down the stretch. Yes, and we are getting close to what will be eventually will be our last episode of the season. We will be here each week as long as a team from Texas is playing. I don't know how long the podcasts will be, if they will remain to be 45 minutes to an hour, but we would definitely be here uh, throughout that. And then we will have one recap show at the end of the season. Uh, Next week, we are guaranteed at least one team playing since two Texas teams are meeting in the playoffs, Riley. So we know we're back for week 13 games. That's a good deal, man. I, I'm looking forward to it. You know, there's there's a, a lot of a lot of playoff action ahead, a lot to be excited about when it comes to uh, to the way that, that the landscape is shaping up for, for our non-FBS uh, teams here in the state of Texas. It's going to be a fun ride. Let's Hopefully this takes us to McKinney, out to Virginia, into Frisco. Man, if I'm at two championship games this year, that'd be nice, Riley. It'd be fun. It'd be fun. And you know what? We have teams here in the state who have the potential to do that and, and opportunities right ahead of them uh, to make those runs. It'll be, it'll be exciting to watch for sure. It will be. And we'll be here to the end with them. And Riley, I want to say a, a big thank you for joining me on this episode again. And to all of our listeners, we definitely want to say thank you for, for listening to us and for your loyalty Please like and share us and, and help our brand grow here and help grow this non-FBS football. It's doing really well in the state, and we want to highlight these players and these coaches and, and all these people that deserve the recognition. We're going to be back next week. We've got week 13 games, at least one. We know for sure. For Riley Zayas, I'm Corey Hogue. Thank you for joining us, and until we meet again, stay safe.